Episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 12 Steve Humphrey. This week I caught up with Steve and chatted about his 1955 Bedford A2 build. As you'll hear, this is not your normal build. Steve has learned a few hard lessons early on, but is now nearing completion of this awesome Bedford. I wanted to give a quick shout out to a bunch of listeners who have gotten in touch with me and provided some good feedback over the last few months. A lot of hours go into each episode, so it's always nice to hear that it's being appreciated. So a big thanks go out to Anthony at the People We Meet podcast, Nick from Nikija Klaus from New Zealand, uh, at Static Street Cars and Customs, at Peaches84, the Gutter to Gutter podcast boys are doing a great job. Jump on and have a listen if you haven't heard that new podcast. Zach from At 54 Customs, Paul Raggett, and Ronnie from the C10 Talk podcast. So it looks like some positive news on the horizon with some restrictions starting to be lifted. So hopefully you can get out and drive your trucks a bit more soon. Here's Steve. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time, Asavo, to come and have a chat to us, mate. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for your time, pal. Appreciate it. No worries. Yeah, I... um. Been following your build on Instagram for a little while, and then uh, I joined a couple of the Bedford pages. Uh, we were looking at doing a build for a customer. It was it was going to be a maybe a Bedford, and so I joined a few pages and saw a few, a few of your posts pop up. And uh, I don't know. I want to insult any of our Bedford listeners because you know they're they're a popular truck here in Australia. But I think yours is the first one I've seen that I sort of went, yeah, I, I like that. That's a that's a Bedford that I think I like. Yeah, it's. Um... Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. It's a, uh, it's a bit different. Um, uh, to be honest with you, mate, I was honestly looking for a forty-eight sort of Chev initially, um, and I just was sort of hunting around the joint looking for them, and I couldn't find anything that was decent. And um, I was lead- reading the local rag um, up in Bendigo, and I just saw this uh, the A two Bedford pop up, and I thought, oh, we'll go and have a look at it. Um, and it was sort of around that era that I was into the, the 55, um, yeah, it sort of appealed to me. It was, uh, sort of split window and, and sort of big and, and chunky looking thing. So, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I just said, oh, we'll, we'll run with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got a, a lot cleaner look to it as opposed to like, you know, the J series Bedfords, which, you know, it, I guess in some ways they're a dime a dozen. I, I could probably find 20 of them within a half an hour drive of where I'm sitting. And and it's a shame that, that they don't have a bit more love because they, they're available and they're, they're pretty cheap. But um, I guess it, it, it has a lot to do with what people grown up liking. And, you know, the the chefs are something that people, uh, obviously one of the more popular uh, models. I, I did a little bit of research before this. I, I thought I'd better sound like I knew what I was talking about with Bedford's a little bit and uh, yeah I was pretty surprised to see that um, Bedford's actually you know are a GM company they 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 were a Chevy brand they actually ran the stove bolt sixes so you know the the history in, in some ways it's part of the Chev family regardless of the fact it's got a Bedford badge but yeah as as those those a series um, you know like yours there's not a whole lot of dissimilarity to to the Chevs at all they look great yeah they're yeah, like I said, they're a bigger body car, and um, yeah, I just wanted that. I wanted that sort of bigger look, um, and like you said, they're a dime a dozen, mate. I I, um, I was looking for a couple of things with mine, and uh, we came across farmers that were crushing them. So they just sort of said, "Help yourself, take what you want," uh, because it won't be here tomorrow. So 
we sort of uh, pillaged as much as we could off them and and sort of put this thing together. So yeah, that's cool. All right, before we before we dive too deep into uh, into this truck, let, let's go way back. Um, as a young fellow, what do you remember? What's the first thing that that you went? Oh, check that out. That's that's a car or a truck or a bike or what? What's your first automotive memories? Yeah, uh, with me it was um, we sort of uh, grew up down on the Mornington Peninsula, and uh, my my uncle he had a uh, an L thirty four Tirana. Um, I, I vaguely remember that car. I, I never got a ride in that car, but I vaguely remember um, sort of thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then he actually went and got a, a VK uh, Brock Commodore. And uh, that was when I just sort of went, oh, well, this is cool. And um, he used to race Formula V and he took me for a spin in this Commodore. And I was like, yep, I'm. Uh, I'm loving it, and uh, that's I like the the GM side of things. I think that he sort of steered me in that in that direction. Um, my stepdad, he had uh, an XP um, Falcon wagon. Um, he couldn't uh, get me over to to the Ford side. I just I just couldn't get out of that uh, that sitting in that Brock Commodore and being absolutely like pinned to the seat. It was um, it was something that was just stuck in my head for a long time. So yeah, that's probably my earliest uh, memory as far as um, yeah the automotive side of things go. Yeah, it's it's really polarizing in Australia. You know, as a as a kid, you know, I'm 42. You you'd be in your 30s. Um, you sort of keep going. Yeah, uh, you you really do. You you have a football team, especially us Victorians. You know, you you either barrack for one team or another like and even if you don't care about footy you had to make something up so you didn't get made fun of <laughs> and then you're either you're either a ford or a holden guy or if you're a bit weird then you're into the chryslers but yeah i grew up a ford guy and i i'm right into my chevs now so i've um i've bridged the gap but i i've, I've owned a few holdens but i never loved them so yeah it's interesting isn't it like, yeah it, it's got a lot to lot to do with your influences when you're young yeah yeah it was um yeah, it was just that that car, and that was that car was the the talk of our of our community. You know, like people were like snapping necks looking at that thing. So I thought I was pretty cool sitting in the passenger seat. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then when you got your license, what well, what was the first car you bought? Uh, yeah, so first car trying to emulate that car. But a very far, I was a, a long way away from that. I actually bought a, a four-cylinder VC Commodore, um, and just uh, yeah, nothing like a Brock whatsoever. <laughs> it was um, it was a good car, but it just um, just had no go, and um, I, that only lasted. I think that only lasted about twelve months, and I I um, upgraded to a, a HZ Ute with a um, three hundred eight, and um, yeah, had that for a long time, which was um, yeah, it was that was my car. I, I look at the Commodore and go, just a learning curve. Um, but yeah, the, that Ute, I love that car. Yeah, and was that a tonner or was it just a, a unibody Ute? Just the Ute, mate. Yeah, so um, I sold it to a guy up in Swan Hill. I don't know if it's still alive, but um, yeah, he purchased it off me. I'd had it for um, seven or eight years, and I was getting hassle from my mates because I could only take one of them to the pub and um you're just being a bit selfish no there's room in the back for about another six <laughs> yeah that's it yeah yeah we couldn't get away with it so you've you've stuck to, with holdens for quite a while yeah yep yeah, i have i um i had a a couple of other sort of i've had some ford gears and and stuff but uh just the family car mate but um yeah we're yeah, you look at my garage and there's no Holdens in it at the moment. So, um, yeah, soon, hopefully. And we were talking earlier, you know, you, you decide you went out, you wanted to find something, you know, like a a 48 Chev kind of truck. What At what stage did you start thinking about an old truck and even even maybe building one? What How did that come about? Um, the, the car show popped up. Um, I'm in I'm in central Victoria there, and a car show came up, uh, chopped over at Newstead, um, and I just thought oh, I'll go and have a look because I was 
I was a bit of a street machine head. Um, I like my street cars, but that popped up and I thought oh, I'll go on over and ha- go over there and have a look. And uh, they were running that on the footy oval at the time and I reckon there would have been probably 20 people there. And um, I was just, I liked the look of of what they were, those guys were achieving over there. And I went and um, had a chat to them and they were really sort of um, forthcoming with, um, you know, information and, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is a pretty cool scene. I, I wouldn't mind being part of something like this. Um, I just didn't know sort of what direction I wanted to sort of um, to go in with, with my build and, and what to build. Um, I liked the look of the 48 be, just because of, of their body and, and their shape. So, yeah, that was sort of how I, I got into that scene. I, I wouldn't say into that scene so much, but that that scene intrigued me because, uh, yeah, those guys were doing some pretty cool stuff. That was a long time ago. Yeah, and and so what's your background? I mean, I, I've seen, you know, some photos of you, you know, welding your frame and that sort of thing. So do you... Do you have a bit of a fabricating background or what's your trade? I'm a plumber by trade, a mechanical plumber. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, my um, skill set as far as the car goes um, is limited to a degree. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a car builder. Um, I just um, like a lot of that sort of stuff I've got, got a lot of help with, which I've been really lucky with. The car or the truck has, um, she's been on, a pretty crazy path over the last sort of five years. So um, we're getting to the pointy end where it needs to be now. So exciting times up here at the moment. Yeah, that's cool. Um, now I, I saw one of your comments uh, on one of your Facebook posts and, and you were kind of suggesting to people to find a good engineer early on and, and, and put a big plan together. And, and I mean, I can't, I can't harp on enough about that as being the most important thing that you can do when we're, we're doing these builds because it's there's no end to Facebook posts you see about guys saying, oh, what should I do here and should I put this there and can I do this? And then you get a whole bunch of Facebook keyboard warriors who are like, oh, yeah, do that or, or don't do that. And it's like it doesn't matter what any of those guys say. It matters what your engineer says you can do. So I, I think you've got a story for us about an engineer and, and I'd be interested to hear uh how that's all gone for you yeah oh listen 100 percent, mate i i know everyone's an expert on facebook but um yeah i think it's really important and i learned the hard way with this truck i originally had this truck um with a fabricator in melbourne um who i sort of spoke to about front end rear end and sort of um other bits and pieces that i wanted to achieve on it and and he had sort of said, well, you know, um, I'll speak to the engineer and we'll go down that a path um, and that's the way it'll be. And um, I sort of started throwing in the money that needed to be thrown in and uh, like things were slowly sort of happening with the truck, um, not at the um, at the pace I would have liked, and, but I thought, oh, well, this is just part of the process because this is my first build. I, I've never built anything like at all as far as um, automotive goes and um, I just said oh well this is this is the this is the scene so um, yeah things sort of were progressing really slowly and um, it basically just got to a point where I would go down and um, not a lot was happening and uh, I sort of sort of got a a bit of a gut feel that there was uh, a little more to it and um, basically in the end mate I I got like deep in like with cash and I thought, oh, this is getting serious money and and not a lot is sort of happening. Um, so I had been assured that it was all legit, ready to be like signed off as far as the um, lane change and stop go to that point. And um, I just sort of got too deep in money and um, I said to my wife, I said, oh, I'm going to go down and get this car because – just feel like it's not happening like it should and got down there um, unannounced and it said I'm, I'm here to pick up this thing um, I just need all the information um, you know the VAS approved engineer that's that signed the car off um, to this point 
and uh, they couldn't produce any of that paperwork um, for as far as like they the torsion testing and and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, uh, the four link rear end and all that, um, and also the the front end because I'm running a, a big block Chev and like they obviously didn't come with a big block Chev, the, the A2 Bedford. So, you know, there's a fair bit of work that had to be put into that front end. And um, unfortunately, um, they hadn't engaged an engineer. Um, it was all hearsay. And uh, I rang around, like, if you look at the VAS or that book on Vic Roads for your engineers, there's probably only uh, 16 or 17 and uh, I basically just rang every single one and sounded like a real clown because I was sort of saying to them, have you worked on this car <laughs> or have you sort of done any work with it? And they were like, I don't even know what you're talking about, pal. So um, I finally got hold of a guy that said that he had seen the car um, at a shed, um, but he hasn't signed any work off on it. So that's when my heart sort of dropped big time. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I just um, basically I came home with this truck and I found an engineer that um, was happy to work with me because I just sort of laid out what I wanted to achieve and how I wanted to achieve it. And they basically said to me, um, well, this is what you need to do if you want to achieve that. Um, and like you can't do these certain aspects on the build. And uh, I, I met up with those guys just to inspect my car um, with the work that had been carried out. And, um, yeah, they just straight up laughed in my face and just said, uh, yeah, this is not going to pass anything with what you want to achieve. And, uh, yeah, at that point, mate, I, I pushed it into the corner of the shed and it sat there for about five or six months because I was pretty broken because I'd thrown it like tens of thousands of dollars into it. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just didn't know what to do. So I, I just sat on it for a while and listen, I've, I've met some good people that have really helped me out with this build um, since, but I was uh, yeah, in a bit of a tough spot there for a while. But um, listen, if it wasn't for my wife, um, she put her arms around me one night and said, you got to finish it. Um, yeah, if she didn't do that, I, I, um, I just would have pushed it back out in the paddock from where I pulled it out of, mate, to be honest. Another unfinished project, Basar. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Going cheap. Yeah, it, it's a real trap, and it, it's you know, like you, I think you can literally compare it to building a house. Like you, you watch Grand Designs. Everyone's seen Grand Designs, you know, and and you see the client at the start of the show, and they're like, oh, you know, it's gonna our budget is this much, and it's gonna be finished by this day, and then and then you sit on your couch and you go double it double it, double it, you know, like you just know that. And, and I don't think it's all that different. You know, you, you start with a bit of a plan and an idea and, and you also, as you go along, you decide that, you know, just like, oh, the kitchen that we were going to put in, we, we saw a better one, but it's a bit more expensive. And it's the same as I was going to run a 308 and then I got onto a 350 Chev and then we decided to put an LS in it. And every time you do that, it costs you more money and it's, it's a trap, but it's a good fun trap. Oh yeah, it's um, it definitely is, mate. But I honestly think it's it's really important to at least meet with your engineer. Um, I, I know probably car building places around the country are screaming at the uh, at the radio right now, saying don't do it. But I think it's important that like the bloke that's wanting to produce the car at least needs to meet the person who's who's determining what can and can't happen. You know. Oh, definitely, definitely, and and you need to, you know, you need to explain a hundred percent what 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 you want to build and what you want to do with it. You know, like you can build a really nice truck with an L. You know, say you do an LS engine and you blah blah blah, but then you turn around to the engineer and say, and then I want to tow a one point eight ton excavator around the work sites. That's not going to happen mm. unless you build the truck to have that towing capacity and. And so there's so many factors that are involved in it. And and like when I first spoke to my engineer, like I, I think the first thing I did, I sent him photos. I was like, oh, I want to do a notch in the back of my chassis. And I sent him a bunch of photos that I'd basically grabbed off the internet off American sites where they just get some RHS and they just butt welded into this 
you know, square shape and that's that's their notch. And I sent I sent him these pictures of God, look, this is what I'm looking at doing. Yeah, and he just emailed me back and said, uh uh-uh, no, you're not, you know, like this is and then and then it started getting into the physics and like I did I did a lot of physics and chemistry at school and so I, I sort of got a head for that stuff. And every time I chat to the engineer on the phone, I learn something and I, and I understand it. And I'm like, okay, I understand why, you know, boxing just one section of frame whilst you're making a really strong point, you're actually making a weak point in the chassis because there's a stress point. And, and not just saying, not just having the engineer say you can or can't do something. It's like, this is why. And then you can understand it a little bit more with your build. But um, yeah, so you, you finally found an engineer that, that was on point you you probably had to remove a bit of stuff and and start again yep yeah i did mate um yeah i basically found um a local guy as far as fabrication goes um i think um you guys might know robbie at fetke fab in bendigo um he came out um i asked him if he could come out and have a look at this thing and and uh he basically said well um we can we can fix this um but um we might have to like it was just domino effect of of fixing one thing and you know it would move down to the next part of the car and um i just basically said to him listen i just want the car to be safe for my family if we get in it um and i want it to handle well and he just said well i'll be frank um yeah, we're just going to try and basically polish a turd. Um, just we're just out it all. So we just uh, ripped out the front end, threw all that in the bin, and um, and the rear end as well. Just um, threw it all in the bin as well. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, my wife can't hear me at the moment, but she'd punch me in the face if she knew that. But it's um, it's just the reality of what happened, mate. It um, yeah, it was a really steep learning curve, it, and it. Yeah, I can't stress enough to to blokes that are in a build, like just get an engineer and be smart. Like don't think like that person on Facebook knows exactly what they're talking about because every build to the millimetre is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so talk us through, your, you've kept your original chassis, which I think is a really smart move. Um, and... And from there, you've you've done a bit of a, a Z notch in the back. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, so just lifted it up um, 150 mil uh, and boxed through um, just for that strength. Um, yeah, it was always sort of planned. I've shortened it a little bit too. Um, initially, when I pulled it out of the paddock, um, yeah, it was it was pretty ordinary. It was the local wood carting truck and and had uh, um, about a tray that hung about four metres over the back of the uh, chassis rails and, and they'd copped it a bit. So we um, we chopped those back and, and just shortened it up a bit. So, yeah, it's, um, it has had a torsion test and, and it is, it's, it's like super strong. So, um, yeah, it, it needed to be for what we were going to put in it and, and we're running those, um, yeah, the big Mickey Thompsons on the rear end too, which going to help um hold it to the ground so yeah yeah i think it must have been a standard farmer thing you buy your truck you get it you get five feet of c-section you weld it on the end and then you make your tray much bigger because i've got three trucks sitting out the back here and they're all the same they've all got this really badly welded on extension to the back of the chassis and yeah that's the way to do it I, i took about five feet off my chassis and um yeah and i mean and, and that's the big thing for people who are listening is that like, you can do that. that. There's nothing wrong with that. Work with your engineer. Yeah, I want to shorten it up because I don't want to have this huge thing that I'm driving around. And and then you just move your rear suspension forward and provided you do it all the way the engineer approves, then there's nothing wrong with doing that, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, big block, 540 cubic inch supercharged. Yeah, just You're not mucking around. No, sort of go big or go home. But um, I didn't uh, like in saying. I, like I said, I, it's my first build, and yeah, um, big block equals big dollars. So 
you can sort of understand why a lot of these guys go with um, with LSs and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I just wanted to be a bit different. Um, yeah, some people have said to me, um, at the end of the day, it's still just a Bedford truck. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that that we wanted to build, and uh, yeah, it's getting there. But yeah, big block stuff is um, is definitely expensive. But it's uh, it's been ran at the dyno. Um, it's good for uh, about eight hundred and forty odd um, horsepower at the flywheel, and um, that's only with like six pound. It's got absolutely nothing in it, and uh, I have been told that um, to go back and see him when I want to get serious. But that's serious enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to put wheelie bars and a parachute under that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then, and then, what are you running like a, a auto tranny through that, or yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, so turbo four hundred um, through that, and uh, yeah, three and a half inch chrome molly uh, tail shaft and a um, four um, nine inch with a strange center. So um, running three seven gears in that. So. Hopefully it's not screaming its head off down the road. Yeah. And, and so what's what's your end result with this truck? It, full rego, drive it every day, or are you just going to take it to um, do drag days, or, or what are you thinking of it? Um, yeah, well, I am just going to put it on full reg um, to start with. Um, like I'm not associated or part of any clubs. Um, yeah, or just uh, a mate of mine's doing a, a 39 um, Chev utility it's a real funky looking thing too and hopefully we can just go out and sort of cruise around and yeah get down to things like chopped and um yeah central victoria's got pretty good uh car scene so you just be able to get out and drive it um every day basically yeah have you ever made it up to the bright rod run no i haven't um we plan to get there um I was planning to get there last year, but we just um, haven't got it over the line. So I want to take it up there and get to all those sort of meets. Like like I said, uh, those guys are they're they're nice people, and um, yeah, having a um, similar interest is um, is a good good talking point anyway. Yeah, no, definitely, no, it's um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I love how you said. You say to the engineer, oh, I just want to build it so it's safe for my family um, at 800 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't, um, I didn't think that through very well as far as a big block was uh, was concerned. But, um, yeah, was, it's all right putting a big engine in, but it's got to be able to stop too, mate. So, it's, um, yep. yeah, that's one of the main things too. It, it can go fast, but it's got to be able to stop and, and change lanes. So, um, that's how it's um, it's been built at, um, now. and. Um, like I said, we're you know getting really close to where it needs to be. Yeah, right. And so, what what have you got set up for brakes? Uh, Willwood's on the front, uh, Willwood discs on the front, and some um, R thirty two Skyline rears, which are a weird looking thing, but um, yeah, they just seem to do the job. So, got the big tick of approval. So the actual handbrake is attached um, to those those rear rear brakes. Yeah, yeah, nice. And then, uh, are you going to sort of interior wise? Are you planning on like heating and air conditioning and all that sort of stuff, or are you keeping it fairly bare bones? What's the plan there? Um, yeah, I've got a little vintage air system as far as um, just a demisting um, and a little. Um, floor heating unit tucked up under the dash, but um, no aircon. Um, no, no, we'll just keep that, keep the windows down, mate. <laughs> Two by one hundred. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're in the process of um, getting some carpet put in it, and uh, yeah, and just a headlining in it, um, just to try and you know, deaden some of the sound. I suppose we we haven't worried about. Um, audio or any of that sort of stuff because we won't be able to hear it anyway so <laughs> no. and what do you have you got an original bench seat or are you putting buckets in it what what's happening with all that yeah so it's original seats are staying in it um 
the it's a, a single for the driver and it's like a one and a half sort of dicky seat thing which is um which sort of does the job um which will fit both my my two older kids in it and um yeah it'll uh it's all got uh inertia um seat belts and stuff in it now so it's it, it's as safe as it as it can be no airbags though but everything else no, you have to get. Have you seen those stickers that the guys put on the dashboard? And they say, uh, "No, no airbags. We die like real men." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I have seen it. Um, my missus probably wouldn't let me drive it if I stick one of those on it. So we'll tell her it's really safe. Yeah. So it sounds like you're getting pretty close. Like the photos I've seen you, you've put up, it sounds like you're a bit further forward than than that at the moment. Yeah. So basically. Um, that build page that I'm doing, I'm sort of trying to do it so it basically coincides when it hits the road. Um, the build pictures I've got are, are very early, um, just like initial stages. Um, it's getting wide at the moment. Um, that should be finished like tomorrow and then um, off to the trimmers. So I'm ready to ready to sort of do our thing. Um, in the position we're in now with, uh, with lockdown and stuff, we just have to wait until engineers and stuff are happy to, to, to head up the highway and, and hopefully tick it off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I can't wait to, to be at that point. I feel like I'm a mile behind, but, uh, cool. Um, what else did I want to ask you about steering column? Are, are you just running the stock one or have you put something like a aftermarket job in there? Yeah, I've got an aftermarket. I did it in there. Um, and yep. just a, uh, an outlaw built specialties, um, steering wheel. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. And, uh, um, is it Fecket Fabrications? Right? Fetkey. Yeah. Fetkey. Yeah. So are they, um, have they got a steering rack as part of their IFS? Yes. Yep. Yeah. they those guys are putting together some really cool stuff. Um, they're doing a cab over at the moment. Um, yeah, they just, they just got some really cool stuff in there. And a lot of people have hit me up about my independent front that's in my Bedford. And they said, Oh, where do we get them? Um, like they just, they make them one on one of one, you know, um, you take it in there and they build that, build that to suit what you need it for. Yeah, and they're and they're fully engineered. Like your engineers happy with what they've done? Yes. Yep. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I, I was chasing around a little bit a while ago, looking at an independent front suspension, and like I, I know there's a lot of companies that'll do like a HR style independent that's engineered and all that sort of stuff, and they were like, oh, we could adjust it to fit the chassis rails, and but these these guys just from scratch build this thing just yep. one off. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you just um, take it in there, and and they'll just build to to suit um, what your application is. They sort of looked at me funny when I said I wanted to put a big block in there too, but um, yeah, it's kept them busy. It's been good. Yeah, there's a guy. Um, there's a guy I I follow a bit of his stuff. Uh, his name's Steve Mazik, and I uh, I think he's listening to the podcast. So hopefully, this shout out to Steve. But yeah. He's got a, a really nice patina um, Chev pickup truck and a uh, very similar sort of build, um, original chassis. He's done, done a bit of notch work to it and he's running a big block in that. And, uh, yeah, it's an impressive looking machine. Yeah, I'll have to have a look at it. Yeah, I'll get you, I'll get you in touch with him. You guys will probably get on quite well by the sound of things. <laughs> um, so, so go back to the day you dragged that thing out of a paddock um and dragged it home again let's just say you've got your time again obviously engineering will be a big thing but but what what would you do differently what what steps would you take differently to what you've done um design build wise money wise what what would you do what have you learned um listen like i got that i got that thing out of a paddock for a thousand bucks um, I had a little uh, 186 with a power glide in it and um, like the, the walls of the tyres were absolutely butchered and um, I pumped it up. I pumped them up and, and stuck some fuel in it and drove it home. It was um, about 
uh, I think it's about 1.6k from where I where I live, and it was probably like the scariest half an hour of my life driving that thing home. But um, I had no brakes, and yeah, we just uh, snuck it home. But uh, if I had my time again, mate, um, I don't think I'd change my build um, so much. I'm, I'm really happy with where it's at um, and how it's turned out. Um, probably, well, to be honest, I'll probably never build another big block again um, just because, like, the like the, just the money, the size. Like, a lot of my stuff's out of the States and, yeah, it really hurts you. But. Yeah, and you, you can get that power out of probably an LS engine for, what, half the price, do you think? Oh, oh, yeah, like a tenth of the price, you know. Um, but, you know, it, uh, it is what it is and and it uh, gets people talking. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not blasé enough to say, oh, look, just another LS build, but it's it's probably becoming that way. I, I spent some time in America last year and we went to a a big truck show over there dino's get down and you know there were there were nearly two thousand trucks there and and it was just ls 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 you know and, and i mean obviously for a good reason because it's it's cheap reliable power mm. um but yeah it, it's nice sometimes to see and so is your blower is that going to come out of your hood or is your hood fitting over the whole thing or yep so that's like be full under bonnet um i didn't want anything like poking out um just yeah just for basically attention um yeah so it's all tucked under there it fits under there like nicely um yeah you sort of look in the engine bay and it all just fits fits really nice yeah have you had to did you have to adjust the inner fenders did you have to cut them out and remake them or how's that work yeah so just had to alter the firewall um because the big block sets back so sort of so far into the firewall, um, basically cut that firewall out and um, and resheeted all that firewall, um, and a bit of a bit of room sort of around um, your feet just to get the exhaust out. So yeah, it's a yeah. two inch two inch uh, primaries off that, and then into um, three and a half inch stainless. So yeah, it's um, we needed the room just to get them out. But it's all that forward thinking. It sort of worked out well. We knew that it had to breathe and we knew what we had to get through there. So we just incorporated it into doctoring up those for that firewall. Yeah. And when and when you had the, the IFS built, you obviously they knew what capacity that engine space was going to take up as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I um got hold of a dummy and just sat the dummy in there and um yeah, we just basically worked around that. Um I had a, a custom um, oil pan made for it, and basically screwed that on the bottom, and and they built around it to suit. So, yeah, everything fits in there really nicely. I'm in the midst of uh, getting my twelve valve Cummins in my truck, so I I just cut the whole firewall out. I was like, "There's no way it's going to fit," <laughs> and the easiest way to do this is to to get it in there and then and then build the firewall back onto it. So, um, yeah, cut the whole lot out, um, trying to work out uh, engine transmission mounts at the moment. Um, I had issues with, so on those Dodge Rams, they got quite a, a lot wider chassis. Their chassis rails are almost a metre wide, I think. Wow. So, yeah, so they had a like the AC compressor um, and the starter motor. I literally had to take off to get to get that thing to drop into my rails and sit where I wanted it to. So the AC compressor is an easy workaround. You can just do a high mount that I'm that I'm playing around with. But uh, I basically have to to mount the engine so that the starter motor you got to have it off to get the engine in, and then you can put the starter back on and it sits inside the C channel of the rails. So a bit of a workaround, but it's going. <laughs> That's a mission. <laughs> yeah. But they're they're so long. Like I've got a I've got a full cylinder inside the inside the um the old firewall line. Mm. So yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Now, looking at um, I don't think we have too many police or engineers that listen to this show. But looking at those um, Mickey Thompsons on the back of that truck, 
are that is that street legal or do you have another set of tires to run it across the uh the grid uh yeah so they're they're highly illegal um they're a 30 by 18 um sportsman mickey thompson which um yeah well i've got a, a backup sort of a, a plan b with um with a set of detroit steel wheels um the artilleries um and they're a 20 by 11 for the rear and 20 by eight for the front. And it actually works out um, tire height wise, like within like 10 mil. So um, it shouldn't, shouldn't fail my um, speedo and all that sort of stuff up too much. But yeah, they'll, yeah. the artilleries will be uh, depending on how long I, I last on the road, mate, to be honest. <laughs> so you're happy for the first canary and then you'll see what you do. Yeah, I'll wear the first canary and then I'll just, um, yeah, I might have to uh, make some changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it's amazing how many people I've spoken to at truck shows and things like that. You know, well, at, at the Bright Rod Run, definitely there was a, there were, there was, I'd say there 20 to 30 um, nice pickup trucks there and it's a really good show to go to if everyone hasn't, if anyone hasn't been there. Um, but yeah, chatting to a lot of guys and, you know, they're running full airbag, um, all sorts of stuff. And I'm, I'm looking at that truck going, I know there's no way that's engineered in Australia, you know, and, and I sort of said, oh, you know, blah, 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 what's going on, you know, oh, yeah, oh, no, we, um, you know, we got a soft roadie and then we got club rego and we're just driving it till we get caught. And I'm like, it's, I mean, what you're doing, like, all you got to do is swap your wheels. But these guys, like, they've got full chop and block chassis or porter built chassis and, like, airbag. Like, I don't know that much of that stuff's actually engineered in Australia. So <laughs> the day they get canaried, that's that's a lot of money to change all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I just um, went with something a bit basic to, just to be able to change the wheels over. Um, I'm hoping not to, to draw that much attention that um i don't last 100 meters up the road but um we'll find out yeah yeah i'm sure you won't use 800 horsepower to draw attention <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn the silence i'm hoping to keep it nice and quiet yeah and so what's the feedback been with um you know like you're on a couple of the bedford pages on facebook and that sort of thing and and from what I've seen, a lot of the guys seem to be a little bit traditionalist, like they're doing more restoration than than full blown customization or you know what we might call a retro mod, a resto mod sort of idea. Have you had some good feedback? Have you had any negativity, or or everyone's happy just to say it's your truck, do what you want? Oh yeah, you you, you get it both sides, mate. To be honest, like that bed, the Bedford sites, you know, like. Um... You, you do get your purists, um, you know, like the, um, I get a lot more comments about the furfy tank on the back of it more so than what I've done to the truck. Um, like you said, you said you, they're a dime a dozen. Um, every farmer's had one at some point, you know, um, they were just a workhorse and that's, yeah, it, it, it's been good. Some people are, are like blown away by sort of, where it's where it's gone and and yeah like i said uh, uh people have sort of said to me oh that's a bedford truck it's still just a bedford truck but um listen it's um it's ours and there's not too many that look like ours getting around so um we're happy with it everyone built their car their own taste don't they so yeah and, and like there's two ways to look at a build like if you're building something with the eye that you'll probably sell it in the future then then you wouldn't go and do all these things that you that you're passionate about you'd, you'd build something a little bit generic and then know that you can sell it but you're obviously building this thing to keep it so yeah it's good what what's the the furphy tank on the back so is that something that's a permanent structure on there or would you take it off for a road trip or or how's that set up now so that furphy tank um that popped up on eBay in Geelong for a thousand dollars, and I just uh, we just bought it without even it had one photo. I just rang the bloke. I said it'll be down in three and a half hours to pick it up, have it ready. We just took a punt on it, and um, it's it's a ripper. It's uh, it's period sort of correct. It's a it's a nineteen forty two to sixty five um, build with a tank, 
and um, we've just stuck that on the back. That's actually got uh, the 80 litre fuel cell is within that tank um, with the fuel pump um, and fuel lines um, running out underneath it. And the fuel filler is actually at the lid of the Furphy tank. No, that's cool. Mm. And so is there a bit of room in that that you can use for storage? Like if you're going, if you went to Bright for a, for a long weekend, you could throw a few things in there or, or not? You, you probably could. What, what I've actually done I, I, with the original fuel tank, uh, I've bolted that back onto the side, but I've actually cut the top out of that and hinged it and made it a, a storage compartment. So I could probably get away with like a, a weekend bag in it. You know what blokes like, socks and jocks, and that's about it. So um, we're okay. But, yeah, I've, I've put the old tank on there just um, basically to fill the gap between the cab and the guards. Just it looked a bit sort of skinny, so I just wanted to fill it out a bit. Yeah, no, I love it. And um, and you've kept the original patina. We'll have photos up. We'll, we'll steal some photos off your uh, Instagram probably and uh, we'll put them up there for people to have a look at. But, yeah, if you have a good look at the truck, I mean, the styling on the front's got the horizontal grill bars, the A-series the really do have a very similar look to the Chev and and this thing's, you know, got the nice sunburnt patina on it. And uh what what are you gonna do to finish that? Are you are you clear coating it? Are you gonna anchor wax? Have you looked into all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so I just um I just gave it a wash and um Oxytech um cleared it. That was it. Um I know that's only good for um sort of they say six to twelve months, but we just sort of keep keep doing it as I need to. I just hit that well, just put it in a um a little squirty bottle, misting bottle, and just um wash the cab, let it dry for a couple of days, and then just went back over it and just hit it with um hit it with that just to to seal it up. Yeah, yeah, awesome. No, look, I I think I think you're gonna end up with a really fun truck and, and I look forward to seeing it out in the road and look forward to parking next to it, hopefully, one day when I get my buddy Jalopy on the road. So <laughs> yeah, um yeah. So, so you said there's one other guy um, down there in Bendigo that that's a mate of yours that that's got a truck. Is there is there much of a scene as far as classic cars and trucks? Yeah, Bendigo's got a a good car scene um, and a lot of diversity as well. Like um, you do have those street machine guys and 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 the hot rodders too. Um, the trucks probably not as much, but. Um, you know um, the hot rod scene and and a lot of the the street the street sort of machine stuff you you see which is um, which is pretty cool. It's always you go to a show um, around Bendigo and there's always something that you haven't seen before. So it's always evolving, which is nice. And they do like a cars and coffee and that sort of thing on a regular basis. Um, they used to run a bit of a thing out at one of the servos, but um, that hasn't happened for a while. But um, yeah, like uh, they may well do. Um, I'm not aware of it, but um, when I get this thing on the road, this is the sort of stuff that we want to be part of. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and no kids at the moment, or have you, have you got kids, you guys? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a, a 10 and a 13 year old and a little 12 month old as well. So um, that's with this project. Um, I've sort of said to my wife, we'll, we'll ice it for a while. And she just said to me, you know, like the next one, can it be a family a family car that we can all get in? So um, we'll look at probably uh, like a HT wagon or uh, a HT sedan. I learned to drive in a HT um, Oasis green sedan. So probably get a bit nostalgic, mate, and, and get something like that if I can ever find one. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, it's um... – I speak to a lot of guys and they've built a truck or they're building a truck and they're like, oh, I don't know how long I'll keep it because I've got the kids. And But um, no, they're, they're good fun. Mate, appreciate uh, you sharing your story and, and really unique build, unique truck. And, um, you know, that, that's the great thing about this whole scene, I think, is that everyone can appreciate the differences in, in the builds. If they all look the same, it'd be pretty boring. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with being slightly left to centre, mate. Um, it just, if people are talking, well, be it positively or negatively, it, 
it, at least people are talking. Like it just keeps the scene interesting, doesn't it? You know, like you said, you don't you don't want to go to a show and see um, twenty trucks with twenty LSs in it. Um, we want diversity, and we just want to be you know a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So if people want to check this truck out, you're on on Facebook. Just the personal page. Is it best for them to check out your Instagram? Yeah, just the Instagram build page I've got. Um, they can have a look at it on um, on Facebook, just in the Bedford um, on one of the Bedford sites. The the build page, um, yeah, that's probably more. I hit that more than more than the Facebook. Yeah, cool. So that's your Instagram handles at Griff G R I double F underscore I N. 55 that's right yeah that's it yep 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 so the truck's called griffin yes it is yeah yep so um as in just the emblem of of the bedford so we sort of just got um jagged those plates off a guy um oh last year i just uh thought i'll have a crack and see if they're available and this uh older fella had uh had him originally had him on a saab and he said, uh, "Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll sell them to you if you like." So, yeah, just another like a little little sort of touch where we've got hold of, which was lucky. Yeah, no, that's awesome. All right, mate. Thanks again for coming on board and, and telling us all about your build. And um, yeah, as I said, look forward to catching up with you at a show somewhere and and having a cold beer. Yeah, it'd be great, Michael. Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.